All right. Good morning, everybody. And uh, good to see you out. Thank you for your giving as worship to the Lord Jesus Christ today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 139. We're going to look there, and then we're going to go to the book of Exodus. Taking a little trip, a little journey today. And we're learning in this series, this last installment today, of our series called I Am. I Am, about developing and establishing and living out our internal identity in Jesus Christ and what he has called us to be and how we're supposed to live. Today, specifically, is on don't limit your destiny to how you see yourself right now. Don't limit your destiny to how you see yourself at this moment. Know this, that God is calling you to more. And it's all how God sees you as being. The voice that we respond to determines the future we experience. How many of you know that? And we have a choice to the thoughts that we consume. The thoughts that we uh, think about a lot, that we consume, will soon consume us if we're not careful. And so being more selective about what we're bringing in and taking in and also what we're speaking forth. Overall, it's hearing the voice of God. And so from the book of Exodus, but first we're going to go to Psalm 139 as we look at this. Verses 14 and 15 to set the tone. The psalmist says, I praise you because I am fearfully, tell somebody next to you, I am fearfully, fearfully, yes. Um, Another translation would say, awesomely, tell somebody next to you, they're awesome. Come on, yep, they're awesome. Yes. And wonderfully, tell somebody they are wonderful, yes. You can tell this is going to be a very affirmative message today, right? It's very affirmative. Um, if you're single, if you keep talking like that, you might get a date, you know? <laughs> and if you're married, probably help you go on a date for sure. He said, your works are wonderful. He's not just talking about the night sky or even the beautiful flowers and the trees that we see outside that are blooming and blossoming. He's talking about you and me, the crown jewel of God's creation. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. I praise you because I am. Can you say I am? Fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that. I know that full well. Do you know that full well? Do you know that full well? Do you know that you are? fearfully and wonderfully made. And as the psalmist said, I know that full well. We need to learn how to agree with God and to align with God to speak about ourselves in congruence with what God speaks about us through his word. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to go there. In this book of Exodus, what were they doing? They were exiting from where? Egypt. And they were on their way to where? The promised land. God said, I, don't, I, I want you out of slavery. I don't want you living there. But I've got a land for you that I have promised. And that's what this book is about. Exodus, the exit. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert, came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So we know that he is isolated and alone. Verse 2, it says, there. Can you say the word There. God will speak to you once he gets you all by yourself. 
God will speak to you and me once he gets you by yourself, once he gets you away from all the other stuff, the noise, the other voices, all the other people that speak to you. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within the bush. So Moses thought, you know, I can go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. It's not consumed, but it is on fire. He's looking. And the Lord called to Moses from within the bush. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals because the place where you're standing is holy ground. I am, <clears throat> excuse me, the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How many of you know that God can use ordinary things in our lives in extraordinary ways to speak to us? Right? He can take what is ordinary and speak extraordinary things through the ordinary, the things that sometimes we become so familiar with, sometimes we many times pass by it, he can use those things like he did in the story with Moses. Those, uh, there are those areas where we tend to hear a lot of noise that keeps us from believing what God says, and the basis to establishing our internal identity is we have said in this, God says, I am. God says that I am, and this week we're really talking a little bit about insecurity we could give maybe a lot of definitions of insecurity. This definition I'm going to talk about is not Wikipedia definition. I'm going to talk about the, the feeling that this creates in us. There's a book called Daring Greatly by Brenna Brown, and she talks about vulnerability in her book and how the key to experiencing wholeness in your life and the willingness to be vulnerable, the key to experience love in your life is being exposed. What does that look like? She says that most of us are driven by a scarcity mentality when it comes to ourselves. The underlying thing that most of us think when we're presented with a challenge in life, when presented with a character flaw in ourselves looks something like this, she says. She says the primary thing that most of us think about throughout our day sounds like this. I am never blank enough. I left that blank because the sentiment about ourselves is very significant. The specific thing that you think you're not enough of, though, can change not only from person to person, but from moment to moment in our lives. How many of you can relate to I am never blank enough, right? Right, I am never, you fill in that word. You do that. So I'm gonna kind of help you, not to say this is what you're saying, but maybe you just need to get started on what it is. I am never smart enough. I, I'm never experienced enough. I, I am never good enough. I, I am never patient enough. Those of you who say patience, you probably have uh, children, uh, preschoolers in your life. That I am never patient enough. But, you know, I need for you to do is kind of help me out to know how screwed up you really are in this. You know, I am never, yeah, okay, because we all have it. And sometimes we're, we're very quick to give the, the churchy answer because we're, you know, we, that's what we want to give. I am never strong enough, loved enough, rich enough organized enough, awesome enough, and we could fill in the blank all day long and, and we'll be really honest about maybe the real one that we are really struggling with in our life. But I want to talk to you today that most of us feel that that soundtrack that plays in our minds, I am never blank enough, is the essence of our insecurity. The battle rages in our minds, we get that, with the king of all craziness being rooted in the voice of inadequacy in our lives. And it will typically come down to that. And we're using the story 
of a guy named Moses that you've heard many, many times. Like, of course, we know that he's a hero in the Bible. This is Big Mo we're talking about here. And I want to show you something quite amazing. 1,400 years before Christ, that God came to Moses, and he's out shepherding over sheep in the wilderness. And it's just amazing how many times God uses men and women that are out there kind of on the back 40, that are just taking care of and doing the menial things, but they are faithful of what God has called them to do. And God sooner or later brings them up and calls them out and says, hey, you're next. I'm going to use you. You were faithful back there. I'm not going to use you now because you're going to be faithful in what I have called you to do because he sees things in us we can't even see in ourselves. And it's amazing. So Moses, he's shepherding flocks, sheep in the wilderness, and a bush catches on fire. He goes to the bush, and the voice starts to talk to him, and God began to engage him for 10 verses, Exodus 3, 1 through 10. God says and gives him an assignment. God says, listen, I've heard the cries and the prayers of my people. I have heard them, and you're the man that is going to lead my people out of Egypt and into a promised land. I don't want them to continue to be slaves. I want more for them. I I want them to have their own homes and their own families. I want them to be free. I want them to grow. I want them to be strong. I want them to be healthy. And I want them to raise their children in freedom. Ten verses, God explains how he cares about his people. And he says, Moses, you're the man. And I've chosen you. And I want you to listen to my voice. And by the way, at this time, there's about 4 million people that God is calling Moses to lead. But he's saying, lead my people out of Egypt into the land that I've called you to live in that is amazing. I want you to look, and God has talked for 10 verses in Exodus 3, 11. It says, Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Let me tell you something, God's going to answer this question, we're going to get to it in just a moment, but may I suggest to you right here, this was not just God talking and and Moses talking, but also there was a third party, the enemy, that tries to come in and speak things into our heart and into our minds, a voice that is not of God, it is the voice of lies way back 1,400 years before Christ that we know the enemy is putting doubts in and things inside of Moses' heart. And here are some things we talk about, the voice of inadequacy that we feel. First of all, the voice of inadequacy will tell you that you're insignificant. You are insignificant. And the voice of inadequacy will tell you that you don't and you can't make a difference. There are seven and a half billion people On planet Earth, what makes you think that God has his hand on your life? See, the noise of the other voices will get in the way of what a powerful God wants to do. And what will happen is we will see ourselves as weak. We We will see ourselves as inadequate and insignificant. And the lies that Moses was dealing with. Again, this is Moses. Ten Commandments Moses. Right? This is the same guy that went up there to receive the Ten Commandments and come back down again. He he is really the the first big leader of the called out ones. And so Moses, he's dealing with this. And and he was, you know, the, the voice maybe wasn't attacking God's greatness or God's ability or God's potential, 
but, but really as much as he was attacking Moses in his feelings of inadequacy, and, and I want you to start realizing, that many of you, you, you would, though, if it came down to it, if there was an attack upon the character of God, you would defend the character of God on any given day, in any given moment, that somebody insinuated that, you know what, God's not great, God's not powerful, God's weak, and God can't do something, and he can't defend us, that, that I believe that inside of you something would rear up inside of you, your godly character would rear up and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, my God is strong, my God is powerful, my God is more than enough. I'd like to believe that there are people here today that would say, no, 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 you don't know God like I know God. That God will come and he is more powerful than the lies of the enemy. That you're coming against that voice. That you're just not letting that happen and be spoken into your mind and in your heart. But you're coming right back at it and saying, no, 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 no. I know who God is and I know what he has done in my life. So you have to know that you're gonna have to declare the promises of the Lord. You know, maybe the Apostle Paul one day, I'm assuming he had something like this going on, and he says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. You know, something had to tell him he can't in order for him to say that I can, right? So, so Paul is coming right back in his mind and saying, wait, 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 wait a minute. I can do all things things, I'm going to finish that verse in a moment because I know some of you just wanted to finish it. You were, you were on the edge of your seat and ready to, I'm going to you're going to help me out in just a moment. We're going to declare it. But, but most of us need to focus on the idea that, you know what, that God, that, that God is not against us, that, that our feeling of being a failure, we need to come against that because so many times we come in the inadequacy and feel like, oh no, God could never, I've failed him. I've done too much. You know, I'm a flop. But you need to know this, that you are a force. I am a force. You are a force for God's good. Jesus said it like this. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. What was Jesus trying to do? He was trying to remind them of who they were and the power that is invested in you. God created you in your greatness, and you are awesome. Now, verses 12 through 14, God told Moses this, I will be with you, and, and this will be a sign to you that I have sent you. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Can you say that with me? I am who I am. And I love it that in every version of your Bibles, wherever it is, I am who I am is always 100% capitalized. Because we are talking about God the creator, God all powerful. I am has sent me to you. Now, the words I am in the New Testament are powerful. They're ego and me in the Greek. I am, in other words, I have always been, I currently am, I always will be. I am perfect, God is saying, I'm superior, I'm creator, I'm sustainer, I'm God. So, listen, when God identifies himself with I am, he is saying anything that you could ever possibly need, Moses, I am that for you. 
He declared, God, in these moments, his eternal, unchanging, uncreated self-existence. He said, I am. I always have been. God was never created. He is the creator. He's saying to them, what he's trying to do is help them think to say, listen, I am not a new God in your midst. I am not a small G-O-D God. I am the God of your forefathers, and I am here to work powerfully in and through you for my glory. When you get to the New Testament, Jesus is the fulfillment of the I am in the New Testament. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the true vine. I am the resurrection and the life for you because you can't be that. He says, I am. I exist to be those things for you that you cannot be. So we have to look at in our lives, if we go around here today, every person in this room has a deficiency somewhere, somewhere, some way in their life. There's a deficiency that we all have, and, and that's because we're human. We have deficiency. So he said, you know what? I am sufficient where you are deficient. God is sufficient where you and I are deficient today. If you believe that, say yes. yes. So the deficiency we have, we don't have to live in our deficiency. But we come and we reach out to the Lord and say, God, you are, one of his names, the all-sufficient one. We come, God, you are the all-sufficient one. That's what your word says over you. And so God says, I'm sufficient where you are deficient. I want you to think about maybe for a moment where you are deficient and know that God can help you be sufficient in that area. The second thing that the voice inadequacy will tell you is you're disqualified. You know, let me tell you about Moses' resume. He was an intelligent and educated person. He had been found as a baby by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in the house of Pharaoh like the premier place in the land. He was educated in the Ivy League language and schools of that day, educated in Egypt's ways, and also in the middle of all that, he loved the people, but he hated the slavery that they were in. Moses was an amazing applicant. His bio was perfect for the job that God was assigning him to do. He had influence, he had education, loved his people, hated slavery with a passion. But the voice in Moses' head was put in its own angle, and the chatter was lying to him. Let me, let me tell you how this worked. You know, you could imagine probably how he felt many times throughout his life, you know, that I've been told, and we see in Scripture, hey, I was found in the Nile River in a basket. And let me just kind of, you kind of think about this. The other voice comes to talk to him while he's tending sheep. Your mother gave you away. She puts you in a basket and pushed you off into the bank of the Nile. And you're in the wilderness now tending sheep because you lost your temper. You killed an Egyptian who was beating up one of the Hebrew slaves. And this is what we need to understand and study and study the strategy of the enemy is that the enemy will use your history to inform your insecurity. The enemy will always go after and go after your history and inform you about every way you were insignificant and make you insecure. He'll go back time and time again he tries to hook those things from in our past and tries to bring them forward and say, no, this is who you really are. And he is a liar. 
He is a liar. You've got to come right back in your heart and in your mind and say, no, no, no. That is not going to have the final say. That may have been who I was, but it will never define me and where I am going. The facts were that God's hand was on his life all the way along. He was found and wanted in love by Pharaoh's daughter. And his mother didn't put him in a basket because she didn't want him. She probably wept every day of his life. She put him in a basket to save his life because every male child was put to death in the land. And the Israelite children were being slain and she loved her boy. He was educated and now he had an assignment a divine assignment from God. He was perfect for what God wanted him to do. But the voice of lies was fierce. The babble, the yakking had its opinion. It was ruthless. It was self-condemning. It was holding him back and it was putting him down. Anybody identify with that voice? The voice of the lies of the enemy. If you heard me, say yes. I'm gonna tell you that in this room today that everyone has a past. We come from all different kinds of stuff, bad decisions, bad choices. But what I want you to know is that doesn't change the fact that God's hand has been and continues to be on your life. And God will work all things together even when you think they will disqualify you. God works all things together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So what am I saying? Don't disqualify yourself from what God has qualified you for. Don't disqualify. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves before we even run the race, before we even get started. Well, I have done all of this. How can I even move forward? Don't disqualify yourself from what God has qualified you for. Tell somebody right now next to you, I'm qualified. Come on. Come on. Say it like you mean it. I'm qualified. I know you don't know some of those people around you. Who cares? They didn't say it over you. God spoke it into your spirit, and God says, I'm qualified. God says, hey, I've qualified you because my name is on you, and I put my spirit within you. So tell somebody as you look at that today, you know, somebody say, oh, you're all just qualified. No, I'm qualified. Your bio is perfect for what God wants to do through you. That's what I want you to know. Oh, I'm not saying any of us have arrived here. No. But your bio is perfect. So many times our bio, we look back and think, oh my goodness, all this that I did was a part of the record that I have. No, let me tell you something. Your bio is perfect. You, I, I think this church needs to get this into your spirit. Your bio is perfect. Yeah, I know we're marred humanity. We're moral fallops. Yeah, we get all of that. But don't let that disqualify you from the race that God has already qualified you for. Also, here's another voice. You're on your own and you've all you got. You ever heard that one from the enemy? You're on your own and you're, you've all you got. Moses had some reasonable questions he asked God in all of these verses in Exodus 3 and 4. You know, if I go to Egypt and I tell Pharaoh to let God's people go, when he doesn't believe me, what's going to make him believe when I go to the people and say, hey, I'm your leader, come follow me. It's time to pack your suitcases and God's got something better for us. 
God, what makes you think that they are going to even believe me? Those are pretty reasonable questions. They're not unreasonable. So Moses knows that all he has is not enough. He knows I, what I have, what I have now is not enough. But the problem is he's assuming that all he has is all he'll ever have. How many of you are following me? See, what you have today isn't all you'll ever have. But we look at our problems and our circumstances from that and from the voice of lies. Well, you're alone on this one. You're by yourself. And then we look many times at ourselves and we think, well, all I've got, this is all I've got. God says, no, no, there is more that I have for you. If you'll just keep going and you will not rest and stop there, but you will go out and you will do mighty exploits for me. Don't stop in your thinking, your heart, in your mind. But the problem is we all, oh, well, this is all I have. No, 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 there is more when actuality God has a plan to provide for you and for me what we don't even have. See, God has a plan in this to add his super to Moses' natural. Right? Well, I can't see it. I, I, I can't even see God has a plan. I'm going to add who I am with what you got, and I'm going to make it supernatural before you so that you can accomplish the mission that I have for you. Are you hearing me today, church? That God's going to add something that is so superior to just the natural things that we can only see and the things that we can do. He said, I'm going to add something so superior and so supernatural to you so that you and I can accomplish the mission. I don't know about you, but I need the supernatural of God to accomplish all that God is calling you and I to live. If you don't think you do, oh my God, we need his supernatural power to come into our lives, to minister through us. It doesn't mean it's not going to be a challenge of great faith. No, it's a journey of faith. But it doesn't mean that Moses wasn't going to have to fight through it in the situation. But God knew that Moses lacked, lacked this understanding and speaking forward that God has an intention and will provide for every need that we have. This is where we're going to finish that verse. We're going to finish quoting it together. Philippians 4.13. Are you ready? Are, are, are we going, we're going to do it. No, one person. Me and you, we're going to do it. That's why everybody else listens. No, we're going to say this together. We're going to say this together so that you can get it into your spirit. Like Paul said, hey, somebody said I can't, but let me tell you something. That's not the voice that I heard from the Lord. The voice that I heard says, I can do all things through who strengthens me. Amen? That I and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that he is our strength. Amen? Come on. That you and I can do it. Come on. This isn't a pep talk. This is the Lord speaking. This is his word. This isn't about you right now. This is about God that says, I'm going to speak over your circumstances. I'm going to speak into your situation. Hallelujah, right? So let's stand to our feet because we got about 10 people that started this. So let's just get up and do this now for the rest of you that quit the golfers. Come on.
We need to praise the Lord. We've sung about praising the Lord today. God wants to add your super to your natural here, now. I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about now. Now. Because we realize God answers every who am I with I am. And you're going to have to come right back to it. And you're going to have to answer it, not on your own, because our own words have no power. But God's words through us do. Come back at the junk and the lies and the babble, the chit-chat and the gas and the yakking and say, no, 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 there is power, the power of God that is at work. When, when I say, you know, God, I am not strong enough. Oh, God says, I know, but I am in your life. I am in you. I'll do it in you. I'll help you through the struggle. And some of you men say, I didn't have a really good dad and when I was being raised I was raised by a man that wasn't a good model for me and so I can't be a good dad well I'm gonna say whoa 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 just back that thing up just back that thing up right there and go back to the word of the Lord and speak let me tell you I'm just I'm wired just like you we sometimes go to the negative quicker than we'll go to the word of the Lord And we need to back that thing right up and say, wait a minute, I am going to speak the word of the Lord. God says, listen, my word over you is said, even though you didn't have a great father, I am a father to the fatherless and to the orphan. That's what God says. That's what God says. You feel like you're a loser? God said, no, I made you an overcomer. I have made you an overcomer. So I've told God numerous times, in the 13 years that we've pastored here, God, I am not smart enough for this job that you've given me to do. Chris and I have talked about that many times. God, we're just, you know. But we've sensed through it all that God's got our, his eyes on us and we'll continue to move forward in our ups and downs. And God's like, I'm going to give you wisdom that you don't have on your own. That, I, that uh, I'm going to give you thoughts that you haven't even had thoughts. Now, I'm, John and Chris, I'm going to give you direction. And I have ordered your steps. Somebody said, well, uh, I really can't do what God's calling me to do. God's saying, well, then let me do it through you. Amen. I don't, I don't know enough. God says, you know me. That's enough. Amen? God, send someone else. We've done that, right? Oh, I know my assignment. God, please send them. I mean, they are such a better candidate. God says, no, no, no. This was not a request. This was a command. Quit giving somebody else your assignment. How many of you are with me today? Some of you are looking like, I'll preach. I'll run down these aisles today if you don't start doing something. Some of you are ready to go home, and God wants to do something. Come on, let the faith arise in this body. Come on, let the church arise. Let's praise the Lord today that God is able to do something. I'm crazy enough. Crazy enough. Some of you first time, you're like, that pastor is whack. I'm not coming back. But listen, let me tell you something. Christians just have to be crazy enough to believe the words of the Lord in these days and come right back in their mind to what the enemy is trying to say that are the lies of the enemy. 
And we need to declare, we need to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light that God is for you and God is for me. But let me tell you something in this room. Before you go, before you start walking out this door, because some of you, you already got your car in drive right now in your mind and you're going to peel out of this place. But let me tell you something. I'm just crazy enough to believe that God can do the supernatural in our midst. I'm just crazy. I'm going to speak it out. Not by me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be a conduit. How about you? We're just going to, God, just come and, you know, and just come and minister to your people in a supernatural way that I believe that God can heal marriages in this room. Come on. Come on. You believe the lies of the enemy. You think it's over. God says no. No, you need to come back in your mind. Some of you. Some of you that are here today, you got a sickness in your body. There, there are people here with terminal diseases in this room. Some of you are saying, you, I know, I know of them. And I'm going to tell you, God is here to heal that. God can touch life. Those, somebody's here that's lost. You don't even know the Lord. You can be found today because of the supernatural presence of Jesus. But I'm just crazy enough. I just wonder if you could just be crazy enough with me today. Because the worship team is going to sing. And as they do, I just want you as an act of faith, if you are needing God to move in your life in a supernatural way today, I want you to come and I want you to fill these altars. No, I want people that are crazy in their faith to believe that God can do it, that God will heal, that God will touch you, God will raise you up. If you could just get outside of yourself for just a moment and not worry about what anybody else thinks because it doesn't matter what the person on the right and the left think about you, God's already spoken it into your spirit. So he's the one you are to please in this place. He's the one you are to please every day. So as a worship team gets ready to sing. I want you to come as an act of faith. I want you to come and fill these altars. I want you to come and fill the aisles. And we're going to sing this last song, this, sing, this song we've been singing all the way through the I Am series. Cool. So as you, as you are being let out today, I want you to come expecting today that God is going to touch you and God is going to minister to you in Jesus' name. How many of you with me today? Amen. Father God, we call on your presence. We call on you now, Lord. We are desperately in need of you. Lord, come and perform the supernatural in every life that is here and every circumstance, God, in our heart. Father, I am praying now for marriages and relationships in this church to be healed. I'm asking you now by your spirit, oh God, that you would bring reconciliation where the enemy has tried to bring division. Lord, you have come to bring reconciliation and unity. Father God, I pray right now for those that are sick in this room, those that are sick in their, in their bodies, those that have terminal diseases, I speak to every terminal disease in this room now, and I command that terminal disease to be gone in Jesus' name. I proclaim freedom and healing. I'm just crazy enough, God, to ask you for healing of cancer and diseases and sicknesses and diabetes in this room. Oh God, I pray right now, I speak against it in Jesus' name. We lift our voices before you, God, because you are the God that is the great I am. And Lord, we declare it in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for those that are lost. They are being found now in this room. They are being led home that you are the way and the truth and the life in this room, Lord. In their heart, that they would know you as Jesus, their Lord and their Savior. Lord, I pray for healing, Lord God. Lord, heal the United States of America, I pray. Come on, church, lift your voice. Come on.
Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray for our president. We pray for our government. Bring healing upon this nation, oh God. Lord, bring healing that would rock this nation, Lord, that we have never felt before. Cause there to be an awakening, oh God. We can't continue on the path that we've gone after. But Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for leading us, Lord, as a country in healing and health, wholeness, forgiveness, Lord. Lord, may there be forgiveness, Lord Jesus, and may there be reconciliation of racism in this, in this nation. Lord, heal us. Lord God, cause there to be forgiveness and reconciliation, oh God. Lord, once again, to do your work in us. Father, we declare it. We declare it over our own lives. We declare it in our homes. We declare it in this community, Lord, that you are the great I am. You are the great I am. You are the great I am. Lord, and you've caused, Lord, your spirit to rest upon us. We will not do it on our own strength because we can't do it. But, Lord, we will do it according to your strength and your power. Lord, that we will help lead people out of the Egyptian bondage, out of the spirit of Babylon in Jesus' name, that there would be a release to the promised land. Lord, cause it to happen. May we seek you in it, oh God. May the fire of the Spirit be in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, may our lights grow brighter and brighter, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, we ask you, Lord, we believe that you are doing it now. We trust that you are doing it now. Lord, we look to you for the good report. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. I want us to, I want us on the count of three to give the Lord such a shout of praise for what he has done and what he is going to do in this moment and in the moments ahead. I want you, as you shout to the Lord, to believe that God is going to perform the supernatural. Hallelujah. The things you've been trying to come up against in your own mind, they're going to be shattered and broken. Every stronghold will be demolished in Jesus' name. So on the count of three, let's do it. One, two, three. Let's shout to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. Come on, let's shout. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. We praise your mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glorious one. You are the supernatural one. The almighty one. We declare it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Church, it's in atmospheres like this where God does his work. It's in atmospheres like this where the power of his spirit can come and break down walls. If you'll just be a little bit open to the supernatural. Some of you may be wide open. That's great. I just encourage some of you to say, it scared me. Or every time I think about it, I get afraid. If you're just open a little bit, God will speak. He will use that to open up your life to the supernatural. Thank you, Lord, for your work in us today. I bless your people as they leave this place to be the church that you have called us to be. And we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a wonderful week in the Lord.